Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Charlie Baker. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, we had a bit of a chat, Charlie. Uh, a lot of chat. The listeners got involved. They did indeed. We did have a chat with Sutton United striker uh, Craig Dundas. He yeah. told us about uh, his chance to play league football after many years. 40 years old, making his debut in the yeah. league. Still time, there's no time, Paul. No, there's, there's no, no time, time for us. <laughs> our, our, our ship has sailed. Uh, we had a birthday spread for you, yeah. didn't we? Which was very exciting. Yeah. Yes, I'm trying to let... People not know where how it went. Yes, okay. Very exciting ball. And Josh Whittacombe joined us in the yeah, studio. He was to excellent. Chat about all matters, uh, mainly nineties TV. So here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Chuck. Good afternoon, Paul. I'm a bit nervous. Not nervous today. Not nervous today. Mm. I've got a gig tonight at the Comedy Store, London. Oh, lovely, all, great all weekend. Your comparer, MC, aren't you? MCing all weekend. Very, very good lineup all weekend. Brilliant. Yeah. Which is always nice, isn't it? And you know, yeah, I've, been, I've been working at Talksport for a while now, mm. and the management have cho- chosen this evening, Paul, to come and see me live on stage. Ah, never seen me before, so this could be it. So it's been lovely yeah. working with you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you it, feeling the pressure of that a bit, Charlie? Well, not really. Not not the pressure of being funny, Paul. I'm I'm happy to, to go do that. Yeah. Uh, mm. The pressure is, as the MC, your job is to control the room mm. and to keep any sort of rabble rousers quiet. I just feel like if they're leaving work at five o'clock, show didn't start till eight, they're all going out oh, together. Yeah. You're not yeah, work stews yeah, like Paul. Yeah, yeah. So they'll get there, they'll be they'll be bluted before they get there. They might there. be before they get there, you know. Yeah. So and then what am I supposed to do? Slam slam down Lee Clayton. Yeah, you can't boss of talk sport. You can't be doing if you get if you're getting heckled by the yeah. by our bosses. Exactly. What am I supposed to do? Who are you, mate? You can't, you can't turn on I can't, them, can I can't, you? I can't, What am I supposed to do? Is one of my, you know, it's heckle put-downs? It's, it's difficult. I know you've got a, a few... Anyway, um, we're, we're inter- disaster. which is why we're interested to know about tales of seeing your gaffer outside of yeah. work. Um, and, and how did that pan out for you? Because, you know, sometimes the last person you want to see when you've had a few is probably your boss. <laughs> exactly, Especially yeah. maybe when they're stone-cold sober. Uh, so if you've yeah. got tales of that, seeing the gaffer, seeing management outside of work and the hilarious consequences uh, of that. Small talk in a sort of, you know, in a Sainsbury's yeah. aisle or something like that must be oh, a bit oh, a bit egg, terrible egg, egg, egg. It could be an ex-boss even, couldn't Just it? Just been be. sacked that day. And yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> so then you, you see him in your weather spoons. You run into him again. Oh, so right. do let us know. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J. Cristiano Ronaldo's on the move. He's moving from one mansion to another. Uh, this is because uh, he and his family have been kept awake by sheep. Um, they're, they're in very open countryside and the, the sheep are keeping them all awake. This drives me mad, Paul. 
This drive. This is like this is as a countryside person, right? This drives me mad. As it's like people who move next door to music venues, mm. and sorry, one of the bosses there. Now, yeah. Oh yeah. The P forty five. P forty five. They're taking that with them tonight. They're even making signs to take tonight. Yeah, yeah. People who move next door to music venues and then complain that it's noisy and get the music venue shut down. It's very like this in the countryside. People move to the countryside and go, oh, the the air smells. Yeah. What's that smell yeah. in the air? Well, that's you've moved to the countryside. This is yeah. what you wanted. So Ronaldo moaning about sheep barring. It's probably the kids. The kids, the kids getting into bed early because you know what it's like when they're at that age. They sort of get in. You can't sleep. They sleep sideways. Yeah, kicking your. He's thinking yeah. I can't be doing with this. I'll Nightmare. just move to another mansion. Yeah, if you want to get kicked in the balls, have a child. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Have you on your range of t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, happens an awful lot. Yeah, that's right. Why, why do, in their own beds? Of course, they will sleep straight Absolutely down. Fine. They get into yours and they'll sleep across it like a starfish. Yeah, that's right. Exactly that. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we there won't we open with that child. No. <laughs> just the first five minutes you're set yes, is it? Yeah, I've done kids it in bed they've heard they're it they're going to say yeah heard it you did it on the show they're going to be doing that later on so do let us know what kept you awake at night yeah. within reason obviously animal think stories of, as think well. of the time animal, of day yeah. um, talksport.com text 81089 tweet uh, TSH and J with that and uh, tales of meeting the gaffer uh, outside of work and the egginess of that situation yeah, exactly yeah. did you watch any football last night Charlie I watched the Liverpool game which was phenomenal you stayed, what, a, do you know what, what a brilliant game I made a call I watched the first half of Liverpool which was good but then I thought and I saw there was a lot of goals in some of the other games yeah. and they were delicately poised so I did go goal show did and, you? I, and I was kind of rewarded because it, they did flit around I, I only saw you know didn't see a lot more Liverpool goals but I saw a lot of City goals including yeah. Grealish's absolute corker absolute belter yeah. and well I learnt my lesson from that on Monday night football because I turned off at half time when it was nil nil I thought well, this has got nil nil written all over it and then of yeah. course it was 3-1 in the second half <laughs> yeah. which I completely missed but, uh, you know, very, but yeah very the Liverpool game was game. just so exciting I think they were really saying there good. was 28 second half goals in the six matches uh, last night. It's ridiculous. I wonder why that is. I don't know. It just went a bit mad. That, that, I don't know if that stands up. Maybe I've got that horribly wrong. That sounds far too many. But it was it was amazing yeah. and in terms of the... But apart from PSG, who couldn't Nothing. score, of course. Nothing. Yeah. What do you think of... Um, Klopp saying about Divock Origi saying we could well we couldn't sell him no one came in and offered anything for him so yeah, not making not, well maybe if not he's one of these great motivators not you what know, he's worth maybe I wonder what they think he's worth he you, always, know. I, you know he's the sort of player you you know he obviously wanted more game time and wanted to go but yeah. if you know if he didn't he's the sort of player you want to keep around he always has a bit of an impact when he comes yeah, on he unfortunately from my point of view in uh, Madrid <laughs> of course yes. killing off our, what little chance we had left to getting back into it so uh, yeah do get in touch this afternoon talksport.com text 1889 tsh and j we're going to be joined by josh widdicombe a little bit later on he has written watching neighbors twice a day how 90s tv almost prepare me for life it's kind of part memoir sort of told through um the tv that he grew up on because it, maybe the one thing you know about josh is that he went to a school in a very quiet uh, yeah. village and where they had four kids was it four other yeah. kids well he's from a place called haytor vale which is even more remote than where I grew up. Yeah. We, we both grew up in Devon. And yeah, where, where he grew up is proper Moors and his dad's a proper farmer. So yeah. he's proper Moors, proper, you know, I, I can't say what I was about to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> we think we knew where you were going. You knew what I, I meant. Think there's a Scottishism that That's why he supports Plymouth. Well. Yeah. And not Torquay. So, but yeah, um, these memoirs are good now, and they find a way to do it so yeah. they can sell another book further down the line. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> what the ultimate memoir thing? This yeah, is, you know, well, that was my TV memoir. Yeah. This, of course, is my sports <laughs> exactly. memoir. Exactly. But there are some fantastic pictures of uh, of Josh in there, including a prize he won uh, when he was eight years old. Uh, for his prize-winning vegetable insect. Yeah. Um, so he will explain more when he joins us uh, a little bit later That's on. like an Xbox in Hator Vale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically a potato that he stuck sort of matchsticks in. We've got a prize for it, though. Exactly. Got a know. prize for it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, as you'll know, Charlie, to your cost, uh, Sutton United uh, were promoted yes. from uh, Say it again, your Paul. beloved um, conference. I don't follow the f- conference, so I don't... Oh, I do, don't I? Yeah, I forgot <laughs> that. <laughs> Tell your team, Torquay, yeah. didn't make it, but um, yeah, Sutton were. They were very good, Paul, all season. Yeah, they were they a very, were very, very good, good team. Very strong team all season. Well, well done to them. We chatted to our old mate Tim Vine, who was obviously uh, yeah. delighted. Mm. It didn't stop you disgracing yourself in the Sutton director's <laughs> box when you went there, did it, really? <laughs> well, no, I did not disgrace myself. I was... Kindly invited to watch uh, Sutton v Torquay, which Torquay won one nil with a yeah. late Acer Hall header, and I had like full sort of bite biting, me, bite me biting, fist yeah. okay. sort of celebration. And they, but they were very good all season, and they managed to stay at the top. And they were very very good because they had players like Craig Dundas, yeah. who were who were just good, very very good, solid footballers. Well, Craig uh, had not played much like Sutton in the Football League for Sutton. He probably thought his chance had gone. But uh, some fitness issues, uh, which is uh, strange, because he's the fitness coach, yeah. <laughs> um, and and the virus and other things, uh, basically conspired to allow him to play a league game, which fantastic. must have been fantastic. 40 years, 207 days, 567 games for the club, and uh, he got his chance to play in the Football League. A nice story. It happened last weekend. Craig joined us now. Good afternoon, Craig. Good afternoon. We wondered if you'd nobbled a few of them to <laughs> to get a game, but you wouldn't do that, would you? 
Uh, no, I owe a few twenties here and there to uh, get me in uh, this weekend. So yeah, I'm a little bit, a little bit down on money this weekend. So yeah, I'll just make it <laughs> but it must, it must. So what actually happened? Well, because hey, there was there was a few issues that meant um, you'd obviously registered as a player, so you could go out there and play. So when did you find out you you know there was a chance you you know you'd be on the bench or you'd be playing? Uh, I think the gaffer phoned me on um, the Friday night because um, I normally if I'm not. I'm not in the squad a lot. Uh, I normally do a little training session by myself Saturday morning before I go to the game. Um, and he just said, warned me, like, um, yeah, don't do anything because there's a chance you could be on the bench some more. We've got a few issues with uh, a couple of the players. So, yeah, just don't know, do anything and just be prepared. Fantastic. Sorry, go I was going to say, and then he phoned me Saturday morning to just let me know that I was on the bench. So, yeah. Oh, was, oh, right, right. Did you get, no, any, I mean, <laughs> considering all the football you play, you get a bit of nerves or or, or not? Um, no, finally enough, it's probably like one of the few games I've never been, not what I was, wasn't nervous for. Because I, mm. I knew it was probably one, maybe my, my first and maybe my last like uh, league appearance, mm. uh, just to go out and enjoy it. So whatever happened, happened. Great stuff. And wh- when did you, wh- at what stage of last season did you think, we can do something here? This is a really good squad of players. Because you did have a really good squad of players, um, supplemented by a couple of very good loans as well. What stage did you think, we yeah. can do, we can do this? Um, I think quite early on, I can't remember the game, but I was warming up with uh, one of the subs and I just turned to him and I said, we've got a really, really good squad this this year um, because of the strength of depth that we had. Uh, players will come in, there was an injury, it'll be exactly the same standard. You wouldn't notice that there's a player missing. But quite early on, I'd say probably, what, say six, seven games in, I thought, yeah, we have we really got a good chance. And have you have you noticed any difference in level since you've since you've gone up to League Two? Is some people say that the conference and sorry the National League is so hard, so difficult that when you go up, it's you do feel like you're still on a, a similar level. Um, I think we've had a few other games we had early on against Forest Green and Salford were pretty difficult games, um, especially Salford where they kept the ball really really well. Yeah. Um, even even Stevenage as well. Uh, keep the ball really, really well, and that's. I think that's probably a little bit more different to the few games that we've had. Uh, teams are a little less direct and like more a little bit possession based. Uh, that's the difference. But um, there weren't really that much frightening players that we've had so far. So there's not any players that we thought are oh, either either major level above. It's just mainly probably the style of play. Yeah, I would say. So when the moment came uh, to uh, come on. Um, what what was that like when he said uh, you go and get warmed up, Craig? I mean, when you when you knew you were coming after all these years to play league football. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think he looked at me at the seventh minute mark, and I was like, oh, that's a little bit too early for me." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, when he said, uh, "Yeah, it's time," uh, yeah, I just go do go for my routine. The routine's been the same: a uh, few strides down the sides, a couple stretches, and then yeah, I'm just good to go. Um, yeah, it's just a bit excited. I mean, I don't know if you see the picture, but you see me smiling as I've, I've run onto the pitch. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I was just yeah, I was just really, really like happy and um, overjoyed, really. And again, a nice reception from the Sutton fans. They'll, of course, they'll know your story, won't they? Yeah, um, yeah, they've always been there. I mean, when I first signed for the club, it was what bottom of the conference staff uh, we had, like virtually no chance of of getting out of it. But we still had travelling support, and they're always cheering on away games, like at some really like bad grounds you could say. Uh, but yeah, they was always there and they kind of been been through it with me all the way through my like my journey since I've been there for like twelve years I've been there. So they followed me through the journey. Um, and I think some of them would take a lot of pride as well with me just getting on the pitch as well. 
Great stuff. And and how do you? Um, you've had back to back wins, so you must be doing something right. The first two wins in the football league for Sutton and beat Hartlepool on Tuesday night. So, uh, yeah. getting is that getting used to the level or just just everybody's a bit more relaxed now? Um, yeah, I mean it's always difficult uh, start of the season getting your first win, no matter what league you're in. Um, especially when you're going up a little bit a little bit more tougher. But once you get it, you feel like you're more part of the league and you, you do believe that now you can get wins. Um, but yeah, the games we've played, the, the, our level of performance has been there. It's just getting over the line. Obviously, against our Oldham, you can see the late goal, Forest Green late goal as well. Uh, Southall, we could have won the game on chances, even though it was a tough game. So yeah, just knowing that we can get over the line now just makes a, a massive difference. Mm. And finally, Craig, you got a taste for it. You're hoping to get some yeah. uh, some more opportunities. You're going to be in training, getting in front of the manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always. Well, I told him yesterday I've got 100% record since I've been on the pitch. So uh, <laughs> if he needs if he needs, if he needs more more wins, then I'm I'm here. But yeah, I train every day with the lads. Uh, I'm keeping up as much as I can. When I start to fall too far behind, then yeah, I'll, I'll uh, think about calling it a day. But yeah. Definitely giving it to the end of the season. I'm there to help the team, yeah. which, is, which is my main. Yeah, it's a goal next. You want you, you scored 109 goals for the club, so a goal, a league goal, would be oh, the yeah, icing on the cake, smashing. wouldn't it? Yeah, Kitman's on to me all the time to round it off. So yeah, <laughs> I'll need to get the one goal just for him. Really, uh, yeah, 110 will be a good way to finish. Brilliant. Good to talk to you, Craig. Oh, all the best. Stuff. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks for with me. There we are, Craig Dundas. There of Sutton United. He is the. The man who finally got his chance to play league football yeah. for the club. Talisman, they have lost, Paul. They're, I know. they're up to 15th now. They're doing all right. That's it. They're pushing, pushing for promotion. Mm, league this one year, next. It's all about survival, isn't it? That's, That's what you they say. Think. So you would say this year you just got to stay up and consolidate and start to build. But it's a great story, isn't it? Well, it really is. I mean, I'm obviously absolutely thrilled for them, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like... Do I not sound it? Is it not... Well, I mean, not I, coming across in my voice. Well, I mean, obviously, they, they were the outright winners of the league. I mean, yeah, you, they were, you yeah, occupied of course, yeah. that top spot talking yeah, yeah. for you quite were, some time, yeah. didn't you? Ten points clear at Christmas, Paul, yeah, sure. You're using sure. a slightly different approach this year. You're not you're Yeah, not, we're going, <laughs> you're not sitting at the top of the table this year. And, and, and This year, Talkie have decided we're going to leave it late. Yeah, it's going I, to be a I, late run. I've sensed that. That's I've what we've been trying to do this year. Yours and the producer's face every Monday that you've decided to leave We're going to be fine in Gary We Trust. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Here's a good one, Paul. It's anonymous. I went to my first Works Xmas do. After overdoing it, I left with my boss, who was also a bit worse for wear. After he nearly got arrested for weeing in a London street, <laughs> we ended up top and tailing it in a hotel room. Luckily, he left before I woke up. The cleaners got a shock when they walked on me upside down and on top of the covers. <laughs> <laughs> and never looked at each, each other in the eye ever yeah, again. Yeah, I wonder what that, how that relationship <laughs> fared Morning. afterwards at work. Have you got something on the gaffer at that point or yeah, not? I don't, I don't know. know. Who knows? This you know, is because, um, in case you weren't listening in the first hour, that Charlie's got a gig at the comedy store tonight. He's comparing. And uh, a number of the TalkSport management team are using oh, nice. it as a, as a team bonding session. Nerve-wracking, isn't it? And, uh, Why so, can't they just build a raft? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be better. Like doing those outward bounds days yeah, or something, you know. That's right. Have to but, come and uh, watch me struggling through twenty minutes. Chosen to come and watch you. So um, we wondered about you meeting the gaffer outside of work. Um, Steve says I was supposed to be in work on a Saturday morning. Was still out on an all nighter in uh, Manchester at a club. I went outside, phoned my boss, and was saying to him, "I'm ill." 
Um, uh, but uh, he was outside the club. He, oh, stum- he stumbled no, no. out of it just while I was making the call. He says, that's not great, oh, is it? Oh, dear, no good at all. No, no, no. So do keep those coming. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH and J. Uh, this is probably quite a common one. John says, I was in the pub once and saw my head teacher with a few of the other teachers. Yeah. They were walking out. I was sitting with some older lads having pints. Um, we looked at each other and, and they nodded. We nodded and said nothing. I was 17 and had school the next day. So, uh, <laughs> but yes, so keep I those. Most of a PE teacher would bring in the odd little bottle of something <laughs> to share around us. What, in, in the, the class? On a, on a Friday afternoon. We had PE Friday afternoons. Being he, a Friday afternoon <laughs> doesn't make it all right, Charlie. <laughs> but like after a match or after a football match or something, he'd, he'd, he'd stop at the pub on the way it's back. It's like a Mike Bubbin story. Yeah, it's true, though. <laughs> or like on the way back from a, a football match, he'd. Either get angry with us and drop us off early in a, some country lane somewhere, or we'd stop at the pub for a quick pint on the way back. <laughs> that good is that not allowed? Well, no, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Maybe it's probably not, not, not officially. Is that the is that on Ofsted anymore? Yeah, is that, is that... <laughs> I think. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think probably people of my uh, generation could tell all sorts of appalling stories of teachers sort of taking liberties along those lines. Yeah, but, um, you probably couldn't get away with that now. Couldn't I, don't, you? I don't think so. Uh, don't the other thing so. was um, Cristiano Ronaldo has been kept awake by sheep in his yes. current mansion in uh, on the outskirts of Manchester, but he's moved. Charlie's upset because he's moved to the countryside, and and you know. Believe it or not, sheep make a lot of noise. What does he expect, Paul? Yeah. What and does he expect? So he's keeping the kids awake, so he's moved. He's moving to somewhere where there are no sheep. But we're interested about the things that kept you awake at night, if you want yes. to share those with the class. We'll say, within reason. Uh, talksport.com, text 8-10-89. Camping's always that way. Isn't Tweet that? T-S-H-N-J. If you go camping, Paul, people seem to forget that's all that's between you and them yeah. is just like a bit of cloth. Yeah, that's you very know, you true. Can, you can hear... 100% what is going on in someone else's tent. <laughs> you can, you can sometimes see the, ma- manage can themselves see the silhouettes, can't you? Which is, which is all a bit worrying, isn't Great it? Great band. Yeah, that's Great it. band from that's, the 60s. That would be a good name. There must have been. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> it I cannot been. believe there's not been a band. Let's just phone Danny Kelly. Call James Brown. must have been a band called The Silhouettes. There must have been a band called The Silhouettes. It's got, oh, yeah, The Silhouettes were an American doo-wop R&B oh, well, group. There we are. Whose single, Get a Job, oh, was a number job. one. Oh, do, 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 do. Get a job. So you should, yeah. Management will be singing to me tonight. 90. After the gig. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's good, child. You, yeah, I'm there. I'm on. I'm warming up. Already. I can tell you're warming up. The one you say to me, where are you from, mate? What do you do? Well, I'm sitting next to you. You must know what I do. Uh, yeah, do what revives the silhouettes. Fantastic. Good, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, was all, it was just too good a name. And the silhouettes look just as you'd imagine they'd look. Look, at there they are. Fantastic. In their pomp oh, there. Yeah, with these shirts. Yes. The shirts on the long collared shirts. Shirts on the outside of white suits and a lot of medallions. Looking the part, the boys there, fantastic. Very, Absolutely. very good. Yeah, you need more medallions. You'd look good in a medallion. You'd like bring the medallion I back. Think you could be an open mm. neck shirt sort of guy. No, no, big it's medallion. Not, that's not me. Is I'd it? like to see it's that look. You for. could. You could. <laughs> good at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had a hairy chest. I'd love a hairy chest. Do you before. have a stage outfit? Do you? Do you? I mean, I don't mean like Elvis. You're looking at it. You look a white rhinestone <laughs> jumpsuit. I went through a very big. Uh, a period of my career where I just wore this one cardigan on stage. <laughs> what, nothing I, else? I had this cardigan and it had these pockets in it that were funny pockets for some so reason. So would you draw like... I'd pull them out. Hank, handkerchiefs. And I'd, 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 I'd pull them out, you know. But uh, it, it stank by about... <laughs> 
<laughs> it started to sort of walk to gigs by itself, and I could never find the same cardigan. So. Were you looking from start calling you Charlie Cardigan Baker or <laughs> yeah, well, something? Like you that. know, the cardigan guy. And then I realised, well, if you're writing your act around a cardigan, yeah. it's probably <laughs> time to write something what, else. What was it about the cardigan, barring the two pockets? It had funny pockets, Paul. What was funny I could, about I, them? I could do there rude. A, I could do rude jokes. You could do one joke, didn't it? <laughs> it let you do one joke about a well-known animal, didn't it? A large. No, it wasn't the animal. It wasn't the elephant let you joke. You do Paul. that one, didn't no, you? No, no, no. Okay. It didn't. No. So what? Yeah. The what? pockets were quite low down, and if okay. you pulled them out, yeah. it was a blue cardigan, and it had pink pockets. Okay. <laughs> and I said, it's like an. Look, I'm not going to go. No, into don't, it, don't. We'll let's, get taken let's move off on. Let's move on. Let's. Uh, it's not sport based, Paul. You're not on stage. Why are you? You're asking me. You're not on stage for six and a half hours. You're asking Just, me. I'm asking. I'm not asking you to tell me. <laughs> That's all. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby and Charlie Baker here on Talk Sport. A little bit later on in this hour, Josh Whittacombe, comedian, oh, last leg co-host and uh, author. Now. Yes. Plymouth Argyle fan. His book is called Watching Neighbours Twice a Day, How 90s TV Almost Prepare Me for Life. Part memoir, part 90s TV nostalgia. Oh, lovely so, stuff. Uh, we'll throw a few into the mix. If, you, if, you, if there's a few shows you want to bring up and we'll put them to... To uh, Josh, yeah. just tell us about the '90s TV shows that shaped you. I see they're bringing back Games Master, Paul. Did you ever watch that? What? That's hello, in, that's, hello, that's Games Master. Do you remember that? Yeah. Hello, game. I can't find the silver vase. <laughs> ah, quite simple, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's in the book. Josh was probably it? one, it's in there, that was it? probably Josh. You were doing oh, getting in touch. <laughs> anyway, he'll be with us later on. Before that, though, we've got the little matter of the birthday spread. Wow. A little bit earlier than usual. Yeah. And it's a pretty straightforward uh, game. Uh, Andy Jacobs has compiled 10 birthdays. He's possibly lost the list, but he has compiled 10 <laughs> birthdays and gags attached to each Fantastic. one of them. And it's mm. the job of myself and Charlie to guess the ages of the people who've celebrated their birthdays this week. Now, of course, uh, we, will get, we won't get them all right. We'll get some of them wrong. And Speak we'll for be yourself. A, we'll be a few years out. And that will be our margin of error, effectively. So um, it's, the, it's the person who is closest after 10 birthdays, who has the shortest margin of error, yeah. who is the winner. Um, uh, Charlie, what are we, 2-1? I think it was... Well, we 3-2 or 2-1. We, we have an official score. Jeff will tell Jeff us in a minute, yeah. Let's say first say hello to Andy Jacobs. Good afternoon, Andy. Uh, good afternoon, boys. And, oh, uh, I did find the list. You coming from the toilet? You sound yeah. like your mum. I know. Gone I, outside. John said I sound a bit echoey, but I'm just in the normal place with the normal equipment, oh. so I, I can't account for it's, it. Yeah, it is broadcasting. It just sounds like he's coming from a tunnel. I think when that's happened before, <laughs> you've logged you've logged out and logged in again. Maybe we'll try that at yeah. half time. But uh, anyway, I, I, we've already tried that once, but we can try it again. If you okay, want. it's making you sound quiet. Uh, really? Well, I quite like well, that myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm Anne Bond. <laughs> It's really, uh, great. it's a bit, a bit, Bob, bit Bob Harris, really great, great music there yeah. from uh, Blackberry Smoke. Little feet, uh, anyway. So, uh, back in Little the nerve centre after last week on the um, baggage carousel at uh, Birmingham Airport, <laughs> it's uh, it is our old mate Jeff Peters. Hello, Jeff. Oh, it's good to hear that yeah. phone oh, ringing. I never thought I'd say oh, that. We've, we've missed that for a while, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great, great to be back and. 
uh, not worrying about going through uh, customs as it was uh, yeah. last week. Uh, back-to-back wins for Paul. So Paul leads Charlie 3-2. 3-2. That's what it is. Is it OK, right? Max yeah. worries about his legacy in this game. He wants me to start putting together quite a run. What doesn't Max worry about? Yeah, that's true. He's got, he's <laughs> got better things to worry about, really. But anyway. I'm some sleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do I need to kick off uh, orders? Um, can you tell us, Jeff? Should I start as I won last week? I, I never quite work out who should start. Is it I don't. Me? I don't think. I, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll check through the the birthday spread rules handbook at some point, but um, I, I think winner goes first. Oh, winner okay. goes winner first. Goes All first. right then. Okay. Um, off we go then. Uh, here's our old mate Pele, who's, who's on the men, which is great news. Okay, great stuff. Great news. Ten birthdays. Okay. Uh, a contemporary of Pele, great footballer and manager. Der Kaiser, Franz Beckenbauer, Franz Beckenbauer. And he's just yes. he's just gone into the Bulgarian fast food business. Is he really? With former Talksport newsreader Liz Saul. It's great. You must try the Franz Balkan burger. <laughs> You've really got to know your old clips, wow. and you? You've got to know your old. Clips. No, we only play it every year, about That's four times a year. You've <laughs> know what it is. Okay, then, well, I'm going to have a guess at uh, Der Kaiser, Franz Beckenbauer. Um, what would he be now? He's got to be about um, oh, 77, I'm That's going to go for, Charlie. Yeah, I was around that time. I'm going to say 79. 76. Oh, so Jeff, uh, a decent start for both of us. But it was Franz Beckenbauer. So what's yeah. the scores, Jeff? Yeah, Paul, you are one out. Charlie is three out, so it's 3-1. 3-1. Okay, okay. So, Charlie, okay. you will go next trombones. as we alternate, of course. Yes, Yes, it's birthday number two. Friend of the show and football commentator, Martin Tyler. Oh, Martin, good oh, man. Yes. And uh, I, I was helping Martin with some rewiring at his house. And I was nearly, <laughs> I was nearly electrocuted when I forgot to turn off the mains. Martin said, it's dangerous and it's live. And it's live. <laughs> Did anyone spot that one coming? I saw it coming. Just a bit. <laughs> came uh, yeah, over the as, hill. As soon as you got your toolbox out. <laughs> now, he's older than you think, isn't he? He's old because, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, Martin's still active. He's still coaching. He's, he's evergreen, isn't he? So I'm going to say 77. Um, yeah, he's, he's around that. 76. He is, in fact, oh. 76. Oh, same oh. same age as Beckenbauer. Happy birthday to, wow, to Martin. Yeah, not quite the same day, but, you know, these yeah. birthdays are from the week. From the week. So what's that done yeah. to the scores, Jeff? I stay on one, I guess, because I've got that absolutely right. You Spot do it. On. A direct hit. Charlie is one out, so he moves on to four, so it's one four. Wow, there we are. Be getting the hang of this. Here okay. we go. Birthday number three, the fine actor from the King's Speech and the Bridget Jones films, Colin Firth. Mm, yeah, okay. okay. So he lives in Chiswick for now. We used to work together in the mail room at Chiswick Post Office. They never got old when I used to say to him, Firth, pass the post. <laughs> that was good. That was very Firth, good. Excellent. Firth, I was post. expecting the Firth of Fourth or something like that, but no, <laughs> there he is. Firth, pass the post. Firth, pass the post. Um, it's me, isn't it? Colin yeah. Firth. He's probably a bit older than he looks. Uh, um, 58. I think he's in his 50s, yeah. 56. 61. Wow. No, he does look a bit younger than he is. He certainly does. Me. So, Paul, you're, okay. Paul, yes. you're a three out, Charlie yeah. five out, so it's Paul four, Charlie nine. Wow. Charlie nine. Okay, so this very little in it. Up for grabs. Charlie it? will go first for this birthday. Okay, here we go. Okay, very happy birthday. Birthday number four, David Clayton Thomas, the uh, musician from uh, Lead Singer of Blood, Sweat and Tears, of course, Spinning Wheel. David Clayton Thomas. Spinning and wheel, Charlie. Oh, sorry, let him do his gag. Wheel. Sorry, let's go doing the gag. Yeah. 
Oh no, yeah, yeah. Not a gag. It's true. It's an experiment. He uh, took the band into a jungle, into the jungle. Oh yeah. With a famous English survivalist, and they ended up forming a new supergroup, Blood, Sweat, and Ray Mears. <laughs> oh, blimey! Blimey! Blood, Sweat, and Mears. Could have been an old Chelsea ownership gag you could have done there. Blood, <laughs> blood Sweat, and Mears, work. didn't you? Yes, yeah, so I'll show my workings <laughs> out. Shall I? Shall I or not? Shall I just you can say show us your workings out. Would you? It's like just spinning wheel, sort of early seventies, isn't it? Yeah. People are normally pop stars in their twenties. Do you want to give us a Let's quick refrain of the song? It's a spinning wheel. Do do do. Goes up. Must come down. Everybody, <laughs> it's a ridiculous <laughs> song. It's a song that you need a medallion on to sing. Get to do the but the do the boy. That's it. Yeah, in the, in the pub, pub style. style. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe he was a bit older. Maybe he was a bit older. I'm going to say 82. Yeah, I'd say he's got to be about that. Um, 84. He's 80. Oh, good, good working out. He's 80. So, yes, what's that done to the scores, Jeff? Well, the gap has closed slightly. Some really good low scoring in the uh, in these opening four rounds. Yeah. So, Paul, you're four out. Charlie, two out. So it's now Paul, eight. Charlie, 11. Wow, well, we're going to half time okay. very we'll shortly. That, yeah. Just time for one more birthday before we do that. Uh, Andy, uh, is, is this one we know or not? No, it's one you don't know. These okay. are all now. I think well, maybe there's one more that you may well know. But, okay. Uh, this one is Louise de Mambro. Louise de Mambro. She's a... Barrister, Register of the Supreme Court of the United Kingdom, the Privy Council. That's two jobs. And she's also got another three. When the fifth one came in, it was De Mapro number five. Yes, I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I thought she might. I thought she might play centre half for the team. That was what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, that's also number What's five. her job again, Andy? Sorry, say her job again. She's a, a barrister and registrar of the Supreme Court of okay. the United Kingdom and of the Privy Council. Okay, I'll go first. Is, is it um, Paul first? Is it me yeah. first? Um, f- 61. Yeah, I was thinking uh, Louise. Louise it's is quite a youngish name, isn't it? Yeah. 65. 68. <laughs> oh, well, I think that is... I think, well, I think Charlie may have gone in the lead. Let's he get has. that confirmed. Yes, Paul, you're seven out. Charlie, three out. So it's at the halfway stage. It's Paul, 15. Charlie, 14. What about that? So as we head into half-time, four and orange, um, <laughs> cup of tea. Lovely. Uh, we uh, we find ourselves... There's just, well, it's just <laughs> one between us. And, and you think there might be one more we know, Andy, of the, of the ones you're going to get? Yeah, us. one more you know. I think. I think there's probably three more, but anyway, that's... Oh, right. uh, oh, and, okay. Andy, someone, uh, Jonathan yeah. Turner's asked, Andy, if you're under the stairs looking for your jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like you're in a little cupboard. Like Harry Potter. There's a touch of the <laughs> about it. I don't know. Why, why is that? I wonder... I remember, like, yeah, we'll have a look in yeah. the break because I remember the, when we were broadcasting from home during the virus, you came out like this one day, and then uh, I think it was it was a reboot situation, and it all worked out. I think I, th- I think I think it's one of your settings, Andy. Hello, te- I think it's I think it's your bit rate. I haven't got a clue what I'm talking. about. I think it sounds think like it... you're on the microphone of your computer and yeah. not your actual microphone. Yeah. <laughs> so just so, just that. give those all a try while uh, we bring you these messages and the travel, and we'll be back for the second half of the birthday spread very shortly. And don't get Josh Whittacombe with us at half three. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Basically, for the last five minutes, Charlie and I have been singing Spinning Wheel by Blood, Sweat and Tears. Yeah, it's and good, uh, Yeah, it's, we've been playing different versions. Straight of it. into the set. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's great. You can open. We can open with that tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you open with that tonight? Wouldn't that wow the talk sport management oh, who are coming to see you at the store? They'd love that. Just say, ladies and gentlemen, Charlie Baker, what? Goals, it'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Big band. I was going to open with the Selco advert. Just <laughs> keep it on. Keep them on side. Keep them on side. Keep them on side. <laughs> anyway, it's the birthday spread. Uh, uh, ten birthdays. We're halfway through. It's a very tight competition so far. Cumulatively, I've been fifteen years out as I've guessed the five birthdays of people who've celebrated their birthdays this week. Uh, Charlie just fourteen, so he leads by one because it's the smallest margin, which is the winner. So Charlie, you're going to be leading off for the sixth birthday. Andy, have we got you on a better line now? Yes, I believe oh, we have. Oh, was it? What was it, Andy? Can you tell us for all the tech? Uh, I was on the wrong mic setting. Ah, uh, yeah, that's he. Well, worked yeah. out by Jamie, our assistant producer. He, he got well, himself. I think it was John, really. Was it? Okay. Oh, okay. Well, well, it was John. I thought. Oh, okay. Well, it was John. What goes up must come down, as such as your settings. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, here we go, then, Charlie. Here's Pele. Okay. Okay, uh, this is a musician from Chicago uh, with his big hit, If You Leave Me Now, another one for you to sing after this. Peter Cetera. Peter oh, Cetera. Yeah. Peter Cetera. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I knew his brother, Edward, actually. He had a very strange habit of always telling you his name three times. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think, it, I think it's, it's Cetera, a, isn't it? Yeah, it's Cetera. Of course it's Don't satira. tell him. Don't, don't tell him. Don't, do that. don't tell him that. Jeff. I worked it out after I wrote the joke. I thought, oh, I'm still leaving it in. It's too good. Leave it in. Yeah. That's mm. you, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you um, leave me now. Chicago. Oh, then, okay. 74. Okay, yeah, that's a pretty good guess. Uh, 76. 77 was Whoa. a good game. It's nip and tuck. What's it is. It? It's yeah. swinging one way and then another. So, mm. Paul, one out. Charlie, three out. Paul, back in the lead. 16-17. 16-17. What a game back to me for the first one. Who's next, Andy? OK. Well, I think you'll definitely know him, you two musos. It's the jazz guitarist, Borelli Legrand. Borelli Legrand. Oh, yeah. And he used to be known for his ability to play for hours on end. But to be fair, these days, Borelli ties. Oh, <laughs> oh very good. That's pretty good. Yes. That is pretty good. Yeah. I like how you bailed out of it as you were saying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Halfway through the joke. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I, thought, I thought it was going to be a joke about Burton Stadium. This yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think he's that old. Um, I th- what is he? Um, Borelli Legrand. 59, I'm going to go with. <clears throat> what do you think, Charlie? 63. Ooh, 55. Ooh, a gap. Could be a turning a point. A gap opens up. No, not much of one. Jeff, what's that done to the scores? Paul, you're four out. Charlie, eight out. Paul, 20. Charlie, 25. Five in it, three to go. Very, Come on, Baker. Very, Come on, Baker. Very, very little in it, Charlie. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's the Labour MP for Hampstead and Kilburn, the Shadow Education Minister... Tulip Siddiqui. Tulip Siddiqui. No, Siddiqui. Sorry, Tulip Siddiqui. Yes. And he's an absolutely massive fan of Ajax. He never misses a game, home or away. There's a huge shrine to Joe yeah. You'd have thought Tulip's from Amsterdam. Yeah. Uh, it's fine, but it's a woman. Uh, and yes. it's not a man. She, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. <laughs> How am I to know that? Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, Charlie, Tulip yeah, okay. Siddiqui. I'm going to say 41. Yeah, that's yeah. I was I'm, yeah. Um, yes, I'd go a very similar age. Forty. Thirty-nine. Oh, oh God, we we're both so on fire. It's a very. This is so this is tight. the kind of quality that Max uh, aspires to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Paul, you're one out. Charlie yeah. is two out. So it's twenty-one. 
placed 27. And yes. I was once at a party with Tulip oh, Sadiq yeah. and oh. the Australian writer Marie Tulip and uh, the Bollywood actress Tulip Joshi and a couple of former footballers, Bill <laughs> Tulip and Jock. Come on, Jeff, commit to it. Yeah. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> <laughs> you started all, it. So we were at this party and they oh, all yeah. crashed out on the lounge floor. Did they? And when I, oh, all right. It's really not <laughs> worth it. And when I was leaving the next morning, I had to get past them, but I didn't want to wake them. Mm. Yes, I had to tiptoe through the tulips. Okay. Oh, we got there in the end, didn't we? We got there in the end. It was a Sorry, long road. Was awful. Sorry. It was a long road, Sorry. but we got there in not, the end. Not as easy as it looks, is it, Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know this section's safe if I ever move on. Yes, okay. So, um, Andy, it's me next. 21 plays 27. Okay, it's the film uh, composer Hans Zimmer. Hans oh, Zimmer. Yeah, yeah. And I played in a charity match with Hans, actually, and we were very unlucky in extra time when Zimmer struck the frame of the goal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he could have walked in it. Oh. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, got some okay. Zimmer based material there. Hans Zimmer. I, I, yeah, uh, 83. Oh. Yeah, you think he's younger? I don't know. He's been around a long time. Do you know he wrote the theme tune for Going for Gold? Do you know that? Did he really? Yeah, the, the, the old 90s. We'll talk to Josh about that later yeah, on. Hans yeah, yeah. Zimmer wrote theme tune for Going wow, for Gold. That's good knowledge. Yeah, OK. What did you say, 83? One eighty-three. yeah, yeah. I, think, I thought he was late 70s. But well, maybe, go for it, No, no, I'm going to go up. 86. Ooh. Oh. Oh, what a mistake. Oh. He's 64. Oh, no. <laughs> Hans, if you're listening, do oh, apologise. We're 20 years on him. Well, Charlie, <laughs> We could see. have gone with a hands, knees and bumpsy daisy. <laughs> we could have gone. You, know, yeah, yeah. yeah. you need hands, Max Bygraves, yeah, you could have gone yeah, there. Yeah. You could. And you went down there. the Zimmer route, really. <laughs> so what's that done to the scores, Jeff? Well, the scoring was really low until that point. Oh, yeah. um, that Paul, 19 out. Charlie, 22 out. So it's Paul, 40. Charlie, 49. Nine points in it. One to go. And I go first because it's the last one and, uh, you know, we don't want S. Housery going on, so I will kick us off on this one, giving Charlie a chance to react and potentially steal the game on the Nine last birthday. Nine points. Who is it, Andy? Okay, it's another composer, Arvo Pert. Arvo Pert. Arvo Pert. P-A-Umlaut, the A-R-T. Arvo Pert. And unlike many musicians, it doesn't take much to get him drunk. They call him Arvo Shandy. Uh, Arvo Shandy. He's anybody. Arvo Shandy. Arvo Shandy. He can run out of... Yeah. So, um... I'd love to hear the jokes that didn't make it today. Yeah. <laughs> Viscount John Thurso. He, he says he has 15 and five don't and make I do. it. So this yeah, is... John Thurso, Jack Starkey, Isabel the... Colgate. They all didn't make Jack no. Marr. These all could have been in there. Wow. Probably wish I had. Colgate? I'm, I'm amazed. Colgate? That's, it seems <laughs> that would have been, yeah. Route one, the Colgate, you know. So, OK, mm. Charlie, um, I haven't got a clue. Oh, uh, Arvo Pear. Arvo Pear. I'm going to go first. Um, I'm working out... I think he must be old. At 92. So, Charlie, I'm letting you in. I've yeah, gone very high. In. Yeah, I'm yeah. very high. You only need to, I be, need to make up nine ten, points. Ten, ten, ten be, points. Yeah. So, you said 92 of you, Paul. Yeah. Okay, I'll go 82. Here we go. Andy, how old is Build the suspense. Arvo Pert is 86. Oh, right in the middle. Right in the middle. Right in Close. the middle. You did, you did well, Paul. You didn't let me in at all, did you? Oh, no, that was it. Like, yes. Well, Again, there we are. Another defeat. So. Bring us the final scores, Jeff Peters, in the nerve oh, centre. Yeah, Paul, six out. Charlie, four out oh. on that one, but not enough. Paul finishes on 46. Charlie on 53. Paul wins for the third Furious. match in a row and takes a 4-2 lead over Charlie. And I can hear the, I can hear the cheers from down under. As you Max certainly can. Yeah, absolutely. Somewhere in his little flat 
in um, Sydney will be punching the air, won't he? Furious. Furious about it. So there we are. We'll do it all again next week. Andy, you're back with me tomorrow. Yes, looking forward to it. Yeah, we're gonna, Dion Dublin's joining us tomorrow, Ooh, by the way. Did good. You know that? Yeah, nice. I'm telling him what's in the show tomorrow. Yeah, Dion will be here. Okay. We'll have a birthday. No, we'll have a birthday. We'll, we'll, we'll have clips of the week. Lovely. We'll have clips of the week. Martin Kelly. Um, I have to remind him what's on. <laughs> um, so I'll see you then, Andy. Thank you. Uh, okay. There's Andy Jacobs. And uh, Jeff, thank you. Great thank to have you, you back Jeff. in the Nerve Centre. Thanks very much. Cheers. Speak to you soon, bye, boys. There we are, our official oh, score. I feel like I'm never going to win again, Paul. Oh, you can't, look, that was close. Anything could have happened. It's close, but could have happened. And don't you, really, don't uh, get downhearted. Uh, I've had enough and of that. It's all, very, it's all very well when you're winning. Isn't it? He's well, always come on. Keep it nice. <laughs> keep it nice when you're winning. <laughs> you're going the it? same way as him. Do you think about um, this game that gets under think, people's skins? Eh? Do you think um, Andy had lost those jokes, or do you think Sue had taken them and in them? I think she, she burnt them. <laughs> So there we are. Um, Josh Whittacombe with us very shortly. We chat about his uh, new book, Watching Neighbours Twice a Day. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Charlie Baker here on Talk Sports. Uh, Josh Whittacombe's new book is called Watching Neighbours Twice a Day, How 90s TV Almost Prepared Me for Life. A kind of memoir through 90s yeah. TV. As I said earlier, a memoir without being a memoir, so he can bring out his memoir a bit further down the line. Yeah. Tell two books for price of one. It's That's a good, worse. very good business decision. Great marketing yes. idea. Yeah. Good afternoon, <laughs> Josh. Hello. I, no, what I realised is I just haven't got enough for a memoir. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> We've been television. Yeah. <laughs> Half memoir. I've got half a memoir and half a load of stuff about TV. No, so it's you really were a good. big TV watcher, obviously, as a kid. Yeah, I think I think in the nineties we all were. I think I think I wanted to write about growing up in the nineties because I'm kind of obsessed with it as a decade and a time. Mm. And there's books written about the music or the politics or the sport, but really, I just felt like the way to tell it was through television because that was the thing that was most central to our lives. Mm. You know, you you had this situation where. Definitely maybe sold 2 million copies. How do they do that was watched by 12 million people every yeah, week. Yeah, that yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, was the world yeah. we were living in. Yeah. And it was the last decade where TV was central to it. So basically it's a book about me growing up in the middle of nowhere in Devon in the 90s. And each chapter tells that story by starting off with a different TV show. Mm. Very you, clever. Yes. You, I mean, you, you talk about, in, in fact, it was sport. We are going to come back to sport now and again, of course, being talk sport. And that's not difficult in the book because... There's a lot of sport there. Well, <laughs> there is a lot of sport there. And, you know, sport got you your first big telly, wasn't it? Italia 90. Yeah. So you, you, your dad just rocked up one day with a big telly. It was the Italia 90s. Cha- I mean, it obviously, it changed football, but mm. it changed my life as much. Because that was what got me into football. I had the Orbis uh, sticker album with the, the in the folder. That was kind of the most iconic kind of sticker album there's ever been, and it cha- it met, got me into football. It got me into sport, mm. and so it's, it's almost like that was the starting point of the '90s, really, mm. for me and for a lot of people. And then it got me into football, and then there was no football on TV because yeah, I didn't yeah, have Sky yeah, for the yeah. next ten years. <laughs> so I was yeah. basically lumbered watching kind of Transworld Sport, and well, that was good though. It was good. Yeah. It was all good. So, yeah. I, do you know, I was at a wedding on Thursday and the man that did the voiceover from Transworld Sport was there. Fantastic. Really? Did you recognise the voice first? Or did <laughs> no, I, 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 was, I was tipped off and I spent most of the wedding trying to identify who it was. And, <laughs> and then when I identified him, I was so excited that I think he thought I was being sarcastic, but I wasn't. I was <laughs> <laughs> off to the Belgian Patank League now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called Watching Neighbours Twice a Day and... Um, 
Neighbours it was on twice a day, and I, I like one of the still one of the things in the in the book that yeah. you do point out is that how absolutely mad that it's, is. It's, it was a, it was a strange world we lived in where we we took as read that BBC One, the main of only four channels, mm. thought Neighbours was so important it would repeat it within four <laughs> hours. Like it was massive. It, it was, was massive. Well, yeah, it was the only show apart from the news that was on twice a day. It was huge. So <laughs> I think you had nineteen and a half million watch Scott and Charlie's wedding. It was. It was a defining kind of programme for anyone of my age. Mm. And there was... You had to have watched it to be able to have friends at school, really. There was one kid whose parents were a bit too cool to have a TV, and that was... He was a social pariah. <laughs> <laughs> and you say you grew up rurally, uh, Josh. I know where you grew up. Yeah. It's very rural. It's, it's, it's very, very, rural. very much in the middle of nowhere. Uh, we consider where you grew up, Charlie, to be a metropolis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. The big city of yeah. Newton Abbott. The, the smoke. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. do you think... Do you think watching TV like that was an escape from that for you and gave you an idea of what you wanted to do in the future? Because that was the dream. I didn't consciously think, I want to do this in the future, but I did obviously obsess about it and it felt it felt like an untouchable world in a yeah. way it felt like there was there was literally if you drew a venn diagram of what was going on on gladiators and what was going on in my life there's nothing that's <laughs> crossing over do you know what i mean and so like like a lot of people like gladiators would come to their school mm. we didn't have any we oh, didn't yeah. even have any of that there was no there's no some of the some st- of the gladiators it's quite good they didn't come to your school <laughs> <laughs> do you know my friend had a gladiator come to his school yeah. and uh, they uh they all turned up and they said a cobra's coming in today. And then a cobra came in and they did three hours of gym with cobra. And then he said, all write your names down and uh, your address. And they all wrote their name and address down. Three days later, they all got a letter and they'd signed up to a NatWest Current account. <laughs> How Fantastic. Nice. How marketing worked in yeah. the 90s. Some, somebody in a marketing department, a bank has written that down. Get Gladiator in. Great, jet, great jet. number. Yeah. Um, also, you were watching this a lot of this early TV in the nineties with a TV with a massive crack in it. So, yeah, my dad dropped the TV on the way in. Yeah, <laughs> which is, I suppose, you said you kind of got used to it. It became part of your viewing experience, didn't it? You just yeah. got used to watching it with a big it crack. Per- now it, was the TV. Per- it was perfect for judging offside. It was, <laughs> it was VAR before VAR. But you know, my phone's currently got a massive crack down. Oh, there. Okay. you get used to it very quickly, yeah. don't you? It was just, a, it was just a kind of a rudimentary version of that. Yeah, there are some wonderful pictures in the book and one that, uh, that uh, Charlie and I both noticed straight away was uh, a, a prize maybe this gives us an insight into why TV was such an escape and very glamorous because it's you Josh Whittacombe 8 uh, showing off his prize winning vegetable insect yes this is a picture of it's a, what's it, what, what are you it? in there the, the Express and Echo or the uh, Mid-Devon Advertiser it was in the Mid-Devon Advertiser oh, okay. £100 pound or under in the back <laughs> <laughs> the Mid-Devon Advertiser uh, which um, so that was uh, the Usington Parish Flower Show I don't oh, know if you ever attended that Oh, and what veg is it? It's, it's, it's a potato. What other vegetables are involved? Uh, it's gooseberry legs. Okay. Uh, a smaller potato head, two runner bean ends as the uh, ears, and uh, blueberry eyes. Nice. I mean, it still stands up today, it's doesn't it? It's it's still, it's good. But the it's... worst thing was it was made by my dad, and then I won. <laughs> and, oh, really? and then I ended up in the papers. It was like a very early <laughs> he cheated. kind of. Yeah. You should, you should return that reward. Yeah. I should return Josh. that reward. I wonder if it finished is second. Is this why you had to leave in... Devon? <laughs> <laughs> person who finished second is listening today. Oh, my. <laughs> and he's oh. furious. He's going to come and hunt you down like oh, a dog. There's no justice, is it? <laughs> it- 
Paul couldn't believe it earlier on when I was telling him. I've got a similar picture to that when I'd won Tramp Day. Well, exactly. That's what I said. I thought you meant like tramping through the fields. It was no. like rambling. Cubs, but apparently, all the cubs uh, in the district uh, would dress yeah. up as tramps. Are we allowed to say tramps still? Right. Tramps get dressed up as. You're tramps. quoting it from the past. Yes, and yeah. the and the best tramp. Wow. One. And why, did you, why did you? Why This was in Newton Abbott. Yeah, was this it? was in Chudley, though. So you know, you can explain yeah, yeah. that. But whose idea out. was it to have a the scouts? Scouts. Be prepared. Tramps. <laughs> Be prepared for what your yeah. future is. I. It's, it was. Yeah. It, let's not beat around the bush. It was a strange place to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> like my school, which had four people in in my year, yeah. and then um, that we only had a we had two teachers. We had a secretary. She was only in three days a week. Mm. So on Thursday or Friday, if you phoned the school, we'd have to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Sir Alex answering at the training ground, isn't it? It's, like, it's the last thing you expect from the kids. It's amazing. Uh, there is, I'd say, you couldn't f- watch football, but you found sport, and one of them was Kabaddi, Channel 4, Love of course. Kabaddi. Corner of the market in these yeah. alternative sports, like yeah. sumo and like Kabaddi. Kabaddi was Kabaddi. awesome. Yeah. Kabaddi, which, uh, if you haven't watched it, was it's basically tag, yeah. two teams tagging, and to show that you were holding your breath, you'd keep saying Kabaddi. And it, it was styled as the biggest sport in India. Yeah. But it seems to be played in front of 30 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, and isn't that cricket? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> if, you didn't include, if you didn't include cricket, it was definitely the biggest. Yeah. And like the main team was called West Bengal Police. And you're like, I'm not sure <laughs> that. Yeah. That's not Manchester United, Do you is want it? a kabaddi off, Josh? You uh, I'm asthmatic, so I can't. I can't yeah. Yeah. Afraid, and yeah. is that what held you back in your kabaddi career? Exactly, otherwise I'd be out there now playing for West Bengal Police. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember playing? it in the playground did any of these actually transfer I don't think I don't know if we played I think we did play Kabaddi yeah, yeah. we didn't play sumo no, but, but we <laughs> no. did play Kabaddi that's asking a lot you say you never got into the soaps Josh apart from Neighbours apart from Neighbours but you tried you say in the book you tried El Dorado what, what I mean that's a quite I, well El Dorado boy. was quite a um, obviously I basically my gran was a, an, oh, a retired actress mm. with all that kind of as you imagine her, yeah. right? And, uh, <laughs> There's a lovely picture of her in her pomp as an actress, yeah. which, which is kind of as you'd, as you'd think. Very, exactly. Very posed shot from exactly. the 50s. Yeah. She was a kind of old thesp. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, and her friend was in El Dorado. And this was, I don't know if you remember, this was the biggest TV show yeah. the BBC had ever launched. Money, yeah. It was going to save the licence fee because unbelievably the licence fee was under threat. Can you imagine such a thing? <laughs> and um, and then it was, it was probably the biggest disaster of all time. Like... It was a soap where they hadn't finished building the, the, the town it was meant to be in, mm. so they'd stop the diggers to film a scene. Because <laughs> um, they were trying to sell it to Europe, they put in European families who would then speak unsubtitled in their native tongue. <laughs> so you'd have, like, a scene in Danish. <laughs> so, like, aside from Peter Schmeichel and Jan Molby, there's no one in the country that can enjoy the soap. Like... But like, yeah. like trans world sport. Exactly. Yeah, right. Or Euro Trash. Euro Trash. Which was popular, but for a very different reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very clever, my dad used to say that. Very clever Euro Trash. Is Euro-trash. that what he used to say? <laughs> yeah. So I'm staying. I'm, he stayed up late for the nuance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Very clever, this program. <laughs> yeah. You go to bed, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you all about it tomorrow. Um, Danny, uh, the Cambridge fan, says, Josh, do you remember Funhouse? Uh, absolute yeah. chaos, but what a show. Was that one that... that yeah, it, it was a big thing in my childhood, Funhouse, obviously. It had the slowest go-karts that you've mm. ever seen in your life. <laughs> like, the Fun Cart Grand Prix seemed to go about three miles an hour. 
Um, yeah. I interviewed Pat Sharp recently, mm, okay. and he was one of the nicest men I've ever met. Mm. And um, he t- he said like they'd film the whole of Funhouse in a week. So, like, right. they just go up to Glasgow and just knock them all out in a week. Yeah. And so he's only ever in his life spent four weeks filming Funhouse. <laughs> and it's, like, defined his life. Wow. Well, Josh Whittacombe is with us. We're chatting about uh, his uh, new book, Watching Neighbours Twice a Day, our 90s TV almost prepared me for life. If you've got any memories of 90s TV, do share them with the class. Talksport.com, text 8 and 89, tweet TSH and J. We'll chat more. The TV gets better as we go through the book. <laughs> but uh, we will be uh, telling you more about that uh, very shortly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Josh Whittacombe with us in the studio. We're chatting about his new book, Watching Neighbours Twice a Day, How 90s TV Almost Prepared Me for Life. Scott, the Leeds fan, asks if Albion Market is in the book. Do you remember Albion Market? Albion Market is... Well, you'll have to read it to find out, Scott. Oh, yeah. It's not, no. It's not. <laughs> okay. Well, say, say, I, I, I hope in that pause quid. he did order it from Amazon. Like, yeah. really. <laughs> um, what, it wasn't just a West Country thing. Oh, right, apparently, okay. Wayne in London says, I remember Tramp Day from Scouts... <laughs> It's a, it doesn't seem great of the scouts. Shouldn't they should be out helping tramps, not impersonating them? What direction did the interview go? It wasn't how I expected on TalkSport. <laughs> Fancy dress competition to represent the best tramp. It just feels a bit dark these days to be doing something yeah. like that. Wayne, thank you. Um, now, so much of the TV kind of fed into other interests, and uh, mm. you talk about that Games Master. Charlie mentioned a little bit earlier yeah. on. Quite simple, so, really. Yeah, yeah. I loved Games Getting you into a world Hello, of games. games Master. Yeah, yeah. I, I adored because I kind of view '90s as the golden age of computer games, really, mm. because it mm. was it was when they broke. They broke in the '80s, but in the '90s they came into the home with the Mega Drive and the mm. yeah. SNES. And um, I had a Commodore 64. I don't know if you're aware of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have a Commodore 64 as well? Which was launched in 1982, the year before I was born, which gives you an idea how far behind I was. Um, But I, yeah, it was a great time for computer games because they were all so simple. Mm. And you were just, you were an egg on an island trying to solve problems or something. And now, I mean, I sound like... I don't mind sounding like an old person. <laughs> I think they've got too complicated. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want an emotional journey from a computer game. I want to jump from platform to platform. And I, I think computer games just in the 90s was... The mm. 90s was a great time for so many things. Sport, music, you know, uh, television. But computer games was another thing that felt just... You felt lucky to be there, really. We yeah. had a game for, Cas- for, for Commodore 64 called Castle of Terror. We could never finish it. Really? It, was, it was one of those go north, oh, yeah, go yeah. north, drink mead, turn yeah, yeah, left yeah, yeah. sort of games. Never ever finish it. I looked it up recently, Googled it. You couldn't finish it. <laughs> <laughs> Messing with kids' heads. There was a glitch in it. You couldn't finish it. Wow, I mean, we. It's a Commodore 64 taught you patience. Because yeah. you load up a game on a tape. Yeah. And you'd have to sit there for 15 minutes. Yeah. And if you wanted to change to a different game, you had to go... Is it worth 15 minutes yeah. of just sitting staring? Syntax error now, in code we, 102. We have touched on some of the reasons why you watch so much TV, because it wasn't a great deal to do. And maybe to, to, to kind of reinforce that, is you telling a story that 
you had a school trip. Now, most school trips, you might go to the zoo, you might go to the theatre. <laughs> At your school, you went to uh, the Newton Abbott branch of B&Q. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good one. It is a good one. Is, is it still it, Charlie, there? I don't know. Has it got a big like, gardening, big gardening department? A lot of retired men working yeah. there. <laughs> it was under the guise of learning about the retail industry. Uh, okay. But I, I was thinking about it, and I at no point remember having a talk from a member of staff or, <laughs> or any reference to us being there, and we had our lunch in the car park. <laughs> and I, so I now think we just turned up at B&Q. The teacher wanted to buy something. Yeah, she, she bought a spirit level, and we all went home. <laughs> I've, I've run out of undercoat. We'll do a school, we'll do a school trip. Yeah, dear me. Yeah, it was a strange place to grow up, really. Well, it really was. But you've got loads of stuff going on now, of course. Josh, yes. you've got your 90s football podcast, Quickly Kevin, Quickly Kevin Willie Scorn. Yeah. Of course, Paul, he won't say it, but he was at the forefront of 90s football with 90 minutes and yes. all those things. You Edit, drove all that on. Editing that all those years ago. It, yeah, yeah. Did you used to pick up 90 minutes? I loved now and 90 again? minutes. I loved it. it was, I, I describe it as the thinking man's shoot. Yeah, well, I take that. I, take, I think that's maybe, that was very much our mission statement. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I absolutely... One of the reasons mm. why I genuinely like went then they were like promo. I was like, I want to do Hawksby and Jacobs because that is people that were there yeah. in these things. <laughs> and it turned out I got someone who was there and someone who was in Devon with me. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame! But I loved ninety minutes and I loved all that kind of. It was a great time for foot to be a football fan mm. because it was that perfect moment when money was coming in, but it hadn't professionalized yet. Yeah, so yeah. it was the meeting of money. And the amateurs in the 80s and the money of the 2000s mm. coming together. And it was the best era to, for kind of football, really. It yeah, was... that's, that's sort of that, that early to mid-90s, certainly. And yes, yeah, so a football match in the book, of course, you talk about the Euro 96 semi-finals yeah. as a big a big sure. moment for you. This book, The book was, uh, we, we nailed down the, the chapter and it, the, the deadline was a week before the final of the Euros. <laughs> and I was, I was saying to the editor weeks in advance, like, you know we might have to rewrite this when we win the Euros. You know we might have to rewrite this. And then, to be honest, we didn't have to rewrite it. Oh, it no, was, yeah. But yeah, that was obviously, a, you know, Euro 96 really is the defining summer of the of the of the decade. Uh, to be honest, it's the defining summer of my childhood mm. and many childhoods, I think. And what is what was weird revisiting it was I imagine it as this long, hot, amazing summer when it was glorious and England was in love with the game we were going to win the Euros. And then you actually go back through it and you go, okay, the tournament was three weeks. <laughs> uh, the last four days of it, we'd already lost. So they were oh, yeah, awful. Yeah, yeah. We drew the first game and then we didn't play for another week. And that was awful because we all thought we were going to go out in the... So basically, it was 11 days, Euro 96. <laughs> that long, hot summer, Euro 96. was 11 days. Yeah, and they've, true. Uh, they've got this mythical idea that that was the, the greatest summer of our lives, which I buy into 100%. Yeah. Yeah, so many people have been uh, suggesting... So, TJ Hooker... Uh, and chips, uh, this is. I actually became a policeman when I grew up. This is Robert off the back of the TV yeah, I think show. They were a bit more 80. Were they a bit more yeah. I think they yeah. might be a TJ bit more 80s. Yeah. Chips, yeah. Bodger and Badger. And that's yeah, Neil, Bodger and, Neil Badger and Plymouth. It was wonderful. You kick off with Gus Honeybun, which yes. I'm yeah. not really of that era, but that's obviously quite important to you. Is, well, he was well, you're, you're not of the era, Paul, or of the locality uh, where you'd yeah, be able so, to see Gus Honeybun. So Gus Honeybun was. What I've decided to do is open the book with the most impenetrable chapter of all <laughs> to really get. Get rid of the part-timers. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll flush them out. Yeah, flush them. 
But I talked about Gus Honeybutt as a way of example of how mad growing up in the West Country was. Mm. He was a puppet rabbit. And I'll be honest, this is the first interview I've done where I'm doing it confident that someone interviewing me knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> he was a puppet rabbit who was a bad puppet. It was basically a rabbit on a stick. <laughs> and a person stood next to them and they'd read out a birthday card and however old the kid was, the rabbit would hop, hop up and down. Wow. And there'd be a background that'd be changed by Gus Honeybun hitting a magic mushroom. Right, which was... <laughs> <laughs> and this was... No, no denying it. He was a superstar in the West Coast. Massive, mm. it was absolutely huge. massive. He had his own bus in Torquay that yeah. was covered in pictures of carrots. He released a single. Yeah. He was. A, he had a ride at Flambard's theme park. This the, was the, the ultimate accolade. The wow. ultimate accolade. But he never moved. He never had a life beyond the West Country. He never broke out. I he never became so. a breakout star. I didn't realise that. Yeah. So I get to uni and I'd mention Gus Honeybun and people are like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and you expect to see him on the Oscars and yeah, stuff like that. Right. Think, and of course, Gus Honeybun. Yeah. 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 yeah, I thought him and Ed the Duck were hanging out in the Met Bar. I like you said Flambard's. Like people would know that. Sorry. It's a good word, Flambard's. Yeah, he used to have Flambard's Triple Theme Park. It's a wonderful day. Hey. Three fabulous attractions for the price of one. Which oh, is never a good sign. <laughs> You're it? trying to get the gig now, are you? Is it still there? I don't know if it's it, 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 it had one of those adverts where the main selling point is which junction it's off on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, look, who's just off? The A38. Yeah. <laughs> Neil says, uh, don't keep Josh for too long as I've got tickets to see him in Worthing tonight. So, it's all right, Neil. I'm walking I'm walking to London, Victoria. I've got to get the 449. I'll be totally fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, good stuff. Well, we wish you well with the book, Josh. Thank you so much you. for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Uh, Josh Whittacombe's book, Watching Neighbours Twice a Day, How 90s TV Almost Prepared Me for Life, is available now in hardback, and it is published by, you can tell me it was published by... It's Blink Publishing. Blink Publishing, oh, yeah, you'll find it, Amazon, etc., etc. Um, thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Paul. I'll see you on... See you Tuesday. Tuesday. And I'm back uh, Saturday morning with Max. You are with Max. And you have a new quiz with Max, New quiz, you? time difference, which is great yeah. fun, and also Autobiography Wars semi-finals, Diego Maradona v Elton John. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's uh, show. We Lovely. Were... Back on Saturday morning, I am. Brilliant. Paul with Max, yep. live from Australia. Yeah. And uh, we've got uh, time difference, our new game, and we've got Autobiography Wars, the semi-final, which is Diego Maradona versus Elton John. Sensational. And back with you next Tuesday. Look forward to it and uh, Andy with me tomorrow if you can listen in from one great if not podcast available at around 4.30. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.